God, we thank you for the commandments here. They are truths, Lord. They are your principles that you've given us to learn, to study, and to apply to our lives. Even on this side of the cross, Lord, it is who you're making us out to be. And so, Lord, purify our hearts before Lord, you, as we walk before you, purify our hearts as we learn here. Help us to understand and apply these things into our lives. So purify us today. I ask for your anointing by your Holy Spirit upon your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I came across this story. This commanding officer uh, listened to what seemed like very much a story from the first of nine soldiers who are out on passes for the weekend, and they didn't come in. Well, the first one straggled in, hours past morning roll call. And he told the the commanding officer, the colonel, he said, I'm sorry, sir, but I was on a date. I lost track of time. I missed the bus back here, so I hired a cab, but halfway it broke down. Well, nearby was this farmhouse, so I went over there, got a horse, and when I was riding to camp, it fell over dead. So I have been walking 10 miles just to get here. Well, the colonel was a little skeptical, but gave him a reprimand, and he let the young man off. Well, soon after that, the second guy came. Sorry, sir, I was out on a date, and I missed the bus, so I got a cab. But on the way, it broke down, and nearby was a farmhouse, so I got a horse, but the horse fell dead, and I've been walking 10 miles here just to get here. Well, he let that guy off too. Well, the third guy came, and guess what he said? Well, I was on a date, the bus, right, the cab, the horse died, and I've been walking. Well, the fourth guy, and same thing, man after man, it all came, same thing. I was on a date, bus, cab, horse, and I've been walking. Well, when the last guy, the ninth guy, came in, he started on that same, same story. Hey, I missed the bus, so I got a cab. I was on this date, I missed the bus, got this cab. An officer interrupted him and said, wait, 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 don't tell me the cab broke down. And the soldier said, no, 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 the cab didn't break down. It was just there were so many dead horses in the road, I had trouble getting through. (laughs) I thought that was a good one. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know. I think it's still a story. And we have to understand, right, a lie is a lie no matter how good the story may sound. And a lie still goes against the Lord. It goes against who God is, it goes against what he desires. And God desires, and this is our title, the truth and nothing but the truth. So the title for our study in this commandment today is the truth and nothing but the truth. Again, we're going to be looking at Exodus chapter 20, verse 16. And here, I want to bring to you why God gives this commandment. See, the people of God must not be party to, take part in lies that are going on out there. And specifically, we're going to look at three things. The people of God must not be party to, number one, the society's practice. Number two, the sinful old flesh. And number three, the satanic deception. 
So these are three things we want to look at this morning as God is desiring for us to have and speak the truth and nothing but the truth. So let's begin here. Number one, the society's practice. The society's practice. And again, verse 16, it says here, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Now, as we come into this commandment, we once again find those three words, you shall not. You remember I've been giving to you how the NLT is really saying, not shall, but must. You must not. It's translated in that. And as we follow the commandments, it's really about honoring God, about following what he wants us to do, what he wants us to be. And remember, as God gives us, what is he doing? He's preparing Israel to be his people. To be his nation, as I've been mentioning to you. At this moment when the, the commandments are being given, Israel is three months out of being delivered from the bondage of Egypt. They've stopped there at Mount Sinai. And Moses is meeting with the Lord. And Moses is receiving these tablets, as we know, written by the finger of God. And so here God is giving these commandments because Israel has agreed to follow him, to be his people. So God says, well, this is what it looks like. And as you head toward a promised land, when you get there, you want to be this kind of people. Because God's going to establish the children of Israel as a nation of Israel, as a, a country there. And so this shows the people how to be separate, how to be different from the other pagan nations, and to be a holy nation unto God. So the Lord commands this. You must, you shall not, what? Verse 16 again, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. The word bear in original language means to reply or testify. False, while well, we know that, is to lie. It's, it's, it, and, and your witness is in your testimony and what you're saying and what comes out, the content of what you're saying. And neighbor is your fellow person or others. So why is it important that what comes out of our mouth, our reply, our testimony is not a lie? Or the content, our witness, our testimony to each other or even about your neighbor is not to be false. Why is that important? Well, because as I mentioned, this will affect the nation of Israel. This will affect when they get to the promised land, establish themselves. It's going to affect that country, that nation. So God is putting this forth. This affects the nation of Israel. And I'm going to give you two ways, in two ways. First of all, in a legal sense, in a legal sense. Because what? A false testimony in court is unjust, right? We understand that. Uh, it, 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 it brings forth unjust rulings, right? It brings forth uh, unjust punishment, right? And when that goes on, it really ruins the society. And if that continues on, they go into that, well, Israel won't be a just nation, a holy nation, a good nation there. That's why, right, in a court of law, there's an oath, right, to tell the truth and nothing but the truth idea. And that's, that's what I was thinking about with the title and this message. And if you go against that, if you lie, it's perjury. And so it creates not a good atmosphere in the country. 
Proverbs chapter 22, verse 8, the first part says, Whoever sows injustice will reap calamity. And that's something God does not want for the nation of Israel. So in a legal sense, you have to give a true testimony. You, you cannot say lies. You cannot say give a false witness at all. But there's also, secondly, not just a legal sense, but for the country, a moral sense, a moral sense. Now, when we read here in verse 16, you shall not bear false witness. Uh, you know what? It's really talking about this false testimony, which, in other words, is lying. It's lying. God says, basically, you must not lie in the content of what you're saying, whether it's against someone or it's about someone. You should not lie or even yourself. Just lying basically is wrong in a moral sense. And we find that here in Exodus 20, verse 16. I mean, lying, it breaks up relationships, right? It tears at the fabric of the nation's society. So think of it that way as a society in a legal sense, in a moral sense. Uh, In a whole society, the nation needs to be separate from what what other pagan countries does, but be separated unto the Lord and not give lies all the time. You know, think about our society today. Lying really is rampant. I mean, if you watch the news, right, in that 30 minutes, you're going to see so much stuff. Yeah, people lying, uh, tampering with evidence, illicit cover-ups, right? Uh, we, we see people padding their resume or, or cheating, yeah, companies or the IRS and lying or scams, you know, that go out like we mentioned last week, you know, that, that are based on lies. Well, it, it, it seems to me that it's common now. It seems to me, even in our society today, that it's almost accepted. That, well, it's all right. It's okay. And there, the lies are ration, rationalized. So here's God. He's giving this to Israel. And he's saying, look, stay far away from how the world operates basically how these other nations operate he's saying separate from the society's practice of lying and that's what's going forth and that's really what speaks to us today you know i came across a a list of some of the common lies that are out there in our society Uh, something like well i got stuck in traffic right or maybe the check is in the mail or how about in today's day, oh, my phone's been acting weird. I don't know why, I, you know, I didn't get your message or something, right? How about, oh, it'll only be a few minutes and you're waiting longer than that, you know, at the restaurant. Or how about, oh, just one more thing. Yeah, I know pastors say that all the time. Well, just one more thing. And it turns out to be 10 more, you know, or how about this one? I'll do it tomorrow, right? And, and, and that's a lie when we don't, fulfill what we're saying you know christians we can drift into lies too and we and maybe we call it a little lie like oh yeah i'll keep you in my prayers and you don't or how about sure i'll sign up for cakey church but the name's not there or how about yes pastor i'll be there at the prayer meeting and then you're not or how about someone asks you hey how are you doing and what do we always say oh i'm good when you're not yeah I mean, I'm bringing it down to 
us today, even perhaps in your mind, oh, it's just a, a little thing. The thing is, some call the little lies white lies, right? We've heard that term. Oh, it's just a little white lie. It, it's okay. We think it's okay because, you know, it's not the big one. Yeah, it's not the big one. You're cheating a government or your company. It's not the big one yet that you're really not going to keep your promise there. It, it, but it's just a, a tiny one. But you know what? To God, no matter how big, how tiny, how little, it's all black to him. If you rationalize that white lies are okay, tell you what, you're colorblind. You're colorblind. Because even a white lie is actually wrong it is sin and you know what just because everyone does it doesn't mean it's okay because as i mentioned we live in a society that it seems okay white lies are okay yeah ah it's maybe great but it's still okay that, that line keeps moving around and so as we get into this commandment you know what wherever you're at Perhaps you've been, that line's been drifting a little bit. You know what? Move the line back. Move the line back to what God is commanding you today, commanding us. We need to live by this principle. We need to not give in to the society's practice. We've got to separate ourselves. Just because everyone's doing it or we get wrapped up into that too, it doesn't make it right. Researchers were looking into different vocations and how they handled truth. And they asked the engineer, what is two plus two? And well, his answer was absolutely four, just like an engineer. They asked the architect, well, what is two plus two? Well, the architect replied, well, there's many ways to do this. 2 plus 2 is 4, 2.5 plus 1.5 is 4, 3 plus 1 is 4. Uh, just, just pick the way that you want. Finally, <clears throat> they asked the lawyer the same question. What is 2 plus 2? The attorney looked around, leaned in and whispered, Well, what do you want it to be? <laughs> I was thinking, you know what? Sometimes we want something to be something. But we should not be party to how society want lies to be okay, to be accepted. But we should do what God wants, the truth and nothing but the truth. So watch out. Don't be party to the society's practice. Let's go to number two now. Number two, the sinful flesh. The sinful flesh. Again, verse 16 in Exodus 20, it says, You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Now, this is important because God is giving this because, you know, lying about your neighbor or just lying to others, you know where the root is? The root is our sinful flesh, that, our sinful old flesh. It, it, it really is from there. I mean, think about, for example, do you need to teach children to lie it just kind of comes out because of our sinful nature and the thing is right that is sin that is a sin that jesus died for right he died so we can be forgiven of our lies and he died and saved us to free us 
from the bondage of the old life, and that is to no longer be lying all the time. We have a new life on this side of the cross. And so the lying shouldn't be part of it because it's part of this old nature, this old life of ours. Now we see this really coming out in Ephesians 4.25. And if you can turn there, go to the New Testament and go to Ephesians chapter 4. And as you're turning there, Paul here, the Apostle Paul's writing in Ephesians and he's talking about how we have a new life. That we, should, we shouldn't live the old life anymore. And he, he leads up to Ephesians 4.25 when he's going to talk about lying with verse 22. Just look at that real quick. He's saying, put off your old self. In other words, that old sinful self that has died with Christ and were risen in a new, as a new creation. Well, put it off now. And then he says in verse 24, put on the new self. Yeah, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And then in that thinking, putting off the old, putting on the new, he says, verse 25, therefore, because we are to put off the old and put on the new, that we're new people in Christ now, he, saw, he said, therefore, having put away falsehood, you know what that is? Lies. He says, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of one of another. And so here's Paul. Look, we need to speak the truth. That's what needs to come out of our mouths. The truth and nothing but the truth. And we're to speak to our neighbor, to one another. Why? Because we're, we're one family. We're members. We're one body in Christ. And that's not right to do that. That's morally wrong. So you see, this new life is to not lie. The old life The old sinful self, the sinful old self, has that inside of itself. Our own sinful flesh. Yeah, it comes from there. But now in this new life, we are to put off the old, put on the new, and not lie anymore. Now, though believers are new creation, right, we still live in this body. Until we go to heaven and we get our glorified bodies, we're still going to be battling. And you guys know there's a battle with our flesh that Satan comes and tempts us and and wants us to fall into sin. And our flesh is like, yeah, that's what I want. And so the sinful old flesh, even though we're new creations, it's still pressing us to lie, to speak lies. And and why does that happen? What kind of scenarios happen in that? Well, I want to give you like... Three reasons why we're tempted to give into a lie. And number one is we lie for preservation. We lie for preservation. Like you don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. Uh, say you get pulled over. Yeah. Oh, sorry, officer. My uh, speedometer was broken. I didn't know. Right. We put out excuses for preservation. Or maybe, you know, oh, yeah, you're late and tell your boss. Oh, no. Well, you know, there was so much traffic. It wasn't my fault. You don't want to get in trouble. Maybe you lie for a cover-up. So you would be able to keep this status quo. I was reading about an auntie who confronted her nephew who, who came over later in the day and said, Hey, I noticed you need to brush your teeth. I can see what you had for breakfast this morning. <laughs> to which the boy said, Oh, yeah? What did I have for breakfast? And the auntie said, I can see the egg. And trying not 
to get in trouble, the boy said, uh-uh, that was yesterday. I think it's better to confess than cover up with a lie. So many times we lie for preservation. We're put in a spot and we don't, we, you know, we don't want to get in trouble. We don't want to be shamed. We want to keep our status quo. And so we give in to the sinful old flesh and we lie. There's a second thing that we do. We lie for retaliation. We lie for retaliation. That's giving a false testimony, a false uh, uh, witness like uh, Exodus 20. The commandment says against your neighbor. It's, it's, it's perhaps to get back at someone who hurt you. And you know what I'm talking about is gossip. You can start gossiping about someone because you want to get back at them. You want to look better in the eyes of this person you're telling this tale to. And, and, and so that everyone would be on your side so you can blame the other person. Perhaps it's making up a lie about that person. A story. Uh, it, it, it's that gossip to try and ruin those you do not like. And that's evil, you guys. That's wicked. Uh, just the other day on my prayer app. Um, it's a prayer app to pray for persecuted Christians around the world. And, and these are true, true prayer requests that come through. On, on the other day on that prayer app, it popped up for this prayer request for a pastor, uh, Kirubendran, in India. There's a lot of persecution of Christians going on in India. He had a church. He had a school for poor children. But the Hindu extremists came out against him with these false accusations and lies. He whipped up the crowd to the point where the police got involved and the pastor, the wife, and their 18-month-old toddler was arrested and put in prison. Well, after weeks, they were released, but they, he was not able to open up the church Again, for the building they rented was owned by this wealthy, rich person who was part of the high caste of society. And those are the ones who actually came against them because they hated him. They didn't like him. It's evil, you guys, to lie for retaliation, to get back at someone. So why does a sinful old flesh tempt you to give in to a lie? Well, we lie for preservation. We lie for retaliation. And one more thing, we lie for manipulation. We lie for manipulation. And that's when we embellish things, twisting the information. You know, maybe you make yourself like, like more of the victim. And so people would feel sorry for you. Or, 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 or you embellish things to paint a picture so people would look to you and, 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 oh, you're such a great person. Oh, oh yeah, you're wonderful. Like, like, like trying to get attention from it, yeah? More attention. You know, I think that that's what fake news does. We've seen that, you know, in the, in the recent years get more and more. We've seen a lot of people on social media or YouTube. And they make a channel and they, they start embellishing a story. Just what? So they can get more hits, so they could get more money. So they could keep that following. Be careful. Sometimes these conspiracy stuffs is really someone trying to scam on you. And so there's a lot of fake news like that. 
How about exaggerating things to, to feed your pride, right? You know, like the fish story, right? Every time you tell it, the fish gets bigger and bigger kind of thing, right? You try and impress someone with that story. Or even think about flattery. That's manipulation, right? Putting out there a false prop, propping up someone falsely. And the real motive is, oh, you want to gain their favor. Or you want to get something for them. Oh, dad, you're the, you're the greatest dad. Oh, God. Okay, what do you want? How much money do you want? You know, kind of thing, right? Flattery. It's, it's wrong. There's proverbs about that. Or maybe we manipulate things or how we say something. We exaggerate. We twist it. We, 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 we go ex- excessive on it to try and push our point because we want our point to be known. And we do that, don't we, in our marriages sometimes, right, in our Arguments. Well, you, uh, you, you always, right? Exaggerate. Oh, you, know, you never, right? We use those exaggerations in that way. I read about this pastor who saw a group of boys surrounding a dog, and he came up and he asked, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" And one of the boys turned and said, "Oh, oh I'm, I'm, we're holding a contest, and the one who tells the best lie gets to f- keep this dog we found." Well, the pastor is a little bit shocked and taken back and hoping to, to, to get them to not like even, you know, operate in that way. He said, I can't believe that, you boys. When I was your age, I never told a lie. And the boy said, that's it. You get to keep the dog. <laughs> we do that, don't we? We exaggerate to make our point, right? To, to come down on someone with it or, or to build ourselves with that. So God is saying, do not give in to Really, what you've been saved from. We've been saved from that, you guys. We've been saved from the bondage of that. Why, why we go back to that? Why we still live in that? We need to do what we're seeing here in Ephesians 4. To put off the lies of the sinful old flesh. Put off the lies of the sinful old flesh. Put off that tendency Put off. Maybe, maybe you guys, for whatever reason, maybe you grew up that way. Maybe, maybe it was something that was passed on from, from people who raised you. Maybe you've been around it so much. You, you just have this tendency. But we got to put that off because God is telling us, no more. This isn't who we are in Christ Jesus anymore. So put off the lies of the sinful old flesh. Because a lie will permeate and get into your life all over. Oliver Wendell Holmes said, Sin has many tools, but a lie is a handle that fits them all. I thought, whoa, that's, that's deep if you think about that. Lying goes with the territory of the sinful flesh. And, and it'll, it'll get into there along with all other sins. It, it, it'll come out with that. It's a handle. So don't allow even for a little leak yeah, of lies because it will easily turn into a flood. Maybe you come from a background or you're listening to this online and, and you're a habitual liar. Well, you know what? Jesus wants to free you from that. Maybe you come from that. Maybe it's, it's, it's something that you're struggling with. Well, Jesus wants to free you and he can help you today on that. You just, you go to him. God will help you. Sometimes it's automatic for some of you guys, but it shouldn't be. You should put off 
and let God work in your life. Found a funny story. A missionary was baptizing a man um, who, before coming to Jesus, was known as a habitual liar. And so as the missionary put him under the freezing water, baptized him, uh, the man came up out of the water just, just shivering. Is it cold? Asked the missionary. No, I'm found. I'm fine. Just then a villager watching this shouted, Dunk him again. He's still a liar. <laughs> Sometimes it is automatic, but God can free you and wash you clean of that. So say no to that sinful old flesh. Say no and hold to the truth and nothing but the truth. All right, so do not give in to the society's practice. Uh, do not give in to the sinful old flesh. And you know what? Do not be party to the satanic deception. The satanic deception. Again, uh, back in Exodus 20, verse 16, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Commandment number nine. Now, this is important. It's an, uh, another thing why it's important for Israel, God giving it to Israel, is that we're not to give this false testimony or lie. Because you know what? Because as God is, so must his people be. As God speaks truth, so must his people speak truth. As God is the God of truth, Deuteronomy 32.4, his people should be of truth. Remember Jesus said in John 14.6, I am the way, the what? Truth and the life. And so we need to speak the truth and have truth in us. And even in John 14.17, Jesus said the Holy Spirit of truth truth so god is truth if god is your god then you know what then you should seek to speak truth not lies that that's really what we're putting forth here and and i think that should be a core part of our reasoning to put off the old put on the new to speak truth for truth seekers will be truth speakers it has to be that way god is truth God loves truth. God speaks the truth. And so we need to be people of the truth also. But then on the other side, right? Satan is the opposite, isn't he? He's the opposite. I want you to turn over to John chapter 8 now. John chapter 8. And Jesus is speaking here. John chapter 8, verse 44. Now, Jesus is speaking and talking to the Pharisees. They've come accusing him of being of the devil. They're they're plotting to murder Jesus, and Jesus knows that. And so they come and accuse him of this, and then uh, when we come to verse 44, Jesus says this now. John 8, 44, he says, You are of your father, the devil. And your will is to do your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So what the Pharisees, they're accusing Jesus. Oh, now you're just following the devil. You know, our father's Abraham. That's what they said. But Jesus clarifies, wait, wait. You know, you're plotting to murder me right now. You're really following after 
the devil. You, you want to know who's, who, who your father really is? It's not Abraham. It's the devil. You're doing what he desires. He rejects the truth. He, he, he's not even, there is no truth in him. He's actually the father of lies. That's his character, is just to lie. And so Jesus is basically confronting them and saying, look, actually, you know what? You're acting like your quote-unquote father, the devil. When you are lying or wanting to murder and saying all this stuff, manipulating, yeah, calling Jesus, oh, you know, you're just following Satan and all this stuff, manipulating the truth, spreading that gossip, you're actually acting like quote-unquote your father, Satan. See, we understand, right? Satan, he's, he's, he's the ultimate scammer and deceiver. And he uses lies to scam the world even. To keep people from Jesus Christ. To keep people from knowing God. To, to, to blind them. Matter of fact, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, it says, Whose minds the God of this age, speaking about the devil, has blinded who do not believe. That is the ploy of Satan, blinding people's eyes so they won't see and believe in Jesus Christ. They won't see for who he is. So that's the devil. So God basically is commanding us not to lie like the devil, not to be party to the satanic deception of lies. He wants to... He wants us, right, as believers to be people of the truth. That we would hold to the truth and nothing but the truth. So that means on the opposite end, don't be party to the satanic deception of lies. Don't lie. Don't let it into your life. Don't allow it. Don't let that old sinful flesh get into it. Don't be like the world. Don't take party of the society's practice. Don't act like the devil. Frank Gabriel said this, there's no form of sin which we act more satanically than when we indulge in telling a lie. I was like, wow. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. So just as Jesus said here in John 8, you know, to the Pharisees, we don't want to act like this. We don't want to have that in our life. So let's purify ourselves let's purify our lives let's examine our hearts and see what's in there is there this falsehood this lies is this how we manipulate people is this how we preserve ourselves is 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 this our the way we operate are we like drifting to be just like the world because the world does it our lives should not give in to the devil the devil's tactics on how he operates in the world no we need to be separate from that. And we should not act like the devil. And we should not be party to the satanic deception of lies. So, what comes out of your mouth? What do you speak? Is it what the devil does? Or is it like what your heavenly father says? After all, the guests arrived and were welcome for dinner. It was time to pray for the food. The mom asked her four-year-old daughter to say the blessing. 
But she responded, but I, I don't know what to say. I, I, I don't know what to say. And the mom encouraged her, no, just say what you hear mommy say. So the little girl bowed her head and said, dear Lord, why on earth did I invite all these people to dinner? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Careful what comes out. Yeah. Do you say what the devil does? Or do you say what the Heavenly Father says? Okay, now, we're not perfect, I know. And we, maybe you panic. Maybe you're in a situation. Maybe you get into this place and you're just trying to cover for yourself. And you fall, you sin. We're not perfect. But let me say, God will forgive you. God can. And God, God does forgive liars. I mean, think about what God did for Abraham. He forgave him. Abraham, right, he lied. Oh, this is not my wife. It's my sister. Why? He was trying to preserve, right, his own life, right? But he got caught. But God still used Abraham for his glory. Abraham is still a patriarch. Abraham is still an example of someone who believed. So God can do the same for you and I. But it's time, hearing this, that we stop allowing those little white lies to even keep going on or exist. Even big ones when we panic. We must submit to God our Father. And whatever that situation is, you know what? You need to tell the truth and trust God in the outcome of it. But the most important thing is that we're separated, right, from the world as Israel was, as God was doing with Israel. We are to be his people, a light and witness. Did you know that? Did you know Israel was supposed to be a light and witness to the world? They, they, they separated themselves but with the commandments, but they separated themselves socially and everything and even put down the Gentiles. But the original plan was that God would separate his people out so they could be a light and witness to the world around them. To show people what it means to follow God and have a relationship with him. Well, that's where we are. We need to live a life on this side of the cross with this principle and stop lying and show that God has freed us from that. And that in Jesus, we can be forgiven and now live for him. I'll close with this. A campaign manager for a judge running for a re-election told this judge the opponent running against him was saying all these false things. Basically, you know, we call like slinging mud, so to speak. And it was really bad. What are we going to do about this? The campaign manager said. We need to come back. In the same way, he's spreading lies all over the media, all over the internet. Well, the judge sat him down, tried to calm him down, and told him a story. He said, you know, when I was young, I had this dog. And this dog, every time, barked at a full moon all night long. I didn't get much sleep those nights. Because the dog just kept barking, barking. The dog didn't stop. He kept, he kept barking as if to say, moon, go away. But the moon just kept shining anyway. 
The campaign, the campaign manager said, what, what does that have to do with what's going on? This guy is talking smack about you. The judge replied, well, I'm just going to be like the moon. I'm just going to keep shining. I like that. So let's do the same. In this messed up, dark world, let's keep shining God's wonderful truth. Not come back with lies. Not, not, not partake in Satan's deception or give in to our sinful self or, or be like what the society does. But let's be what Jesus wants us to be and shine the truth and nothing but the truth. Let's pray. God, our heads are bowed right now. And um, Lord, I'm sure every one of us may have crossed the line somewhere here, God. Maybe we pushed the line over, rationalizing that it's all right, that it's okay for this or that reason. God, in the end, we're not trusting you, Lord, in what you want us to do or be. And so we humble ourselves before you right now, God. Forgive us for our, our exaggerations, Lord. Forgive us for our excuses and, and for, for trying to cover up things, Lord. Forgive us for our pride. Forgive us, Lord, for our bitterness, hatred, or anger. Lord, we want to get back to what you want us to be and do. And as we bow before you, Lord, I pray that you would f just speak to our hearts and for anyone at the sound of my voice that the Holy Spirit is convicting right now. Lord, may they confess to you their sins and be forgiven. God, forgive us right now. We confess the times where, ah, maybe we stretch the truth. And if you stretch the truth, it really is a lie, God. Lord, help us to not give in to our sinful flesh, but make the choice to live free lives from that. Lord, I lift up anyone here or online or hearing this now that, well, they've been a habitual liar, and it's hard to get out of that loop. Matter of fact, it's hard to know what is a lie and what is not anymore. But God, may they find you as their truth and what salvation does and how you died on a cross and rose again from the dead, Lord, to free us, to atone for our sins. And God, that we are new creations in you and we no longer need to live that way anymore. So I pray for anyone here right now, God, that you would release them, free them from that bondage, Jesus. Free them from exaggeration and stories and excuses and covering up and trying to protect themselves. God, we lay ourselves before you, all of us, because we want to trust you with our life because you are true, God. And what you say about yourself is true. You love us. You care for us. You will be there for us. You will provide for us. Lord, and you're doing the work in our lives, God. Even though it may not look great, you're doing a work and growing us. So Jesus, help us this morning to just be honest, be true, and live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.